Welcome to the Novice Elitist Arcade. Help me, Leon! Wait here. Leon! Featuring a revolving roster of hosts. It's no use! Covering all live-action film adaptations of video games. Enter if you dare. Here we go, back once again to the video game retrospective. This has been a pretty sporadic series so far. Kind of a random one. What have we done so far that's been released? We did Resident Evil. We did um, the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, live action movie and the animated one. And is that it? Uh, as far as I'm aware, without checking our database, yes. Oh, I guess I guess Ninja Gaiden also got the theme in front of it, so that, that one. It technically counts, so. Yeah, and then hopefully the second Resident Evil will be out by the time this one comes out. And for uh, if anyone listened to a recent speakeasy that I'll probably drop shortly before this, we decided to break out a randomizer to pick our next one. And we got Need for Speed. So, so here we go. Need for Speed. What do you know about this one coming in? Need for Speed. Need for Speed. This was released in 2014. Uh, in between, what was it? Fast and the Furious 6 and 7, I believe. Yes, because Furious mm. 7 was in the next year, in 2015. And 2012 was, I think, when... Yeah, it was 2012, when uh, Fast 6 came out. I only say that just because that's a, it's a car racing movie. Yeah. Uh, this not being the case. And then the 2015, uh, funny enough, was when the Need for Speed game came out, which was just called Need for Speed. Yeah, the big reboot. I remember everyone was talk making a lot of hype about that game. It's going to be completely revamped. And I never played it. Um, just, just to spoil for me. I don't have a ton of experience with Need for Speed games. I've played a few at a friend's house, and I, when I had EA Access, I think I downloaded one or two, but one or two games, I mean, not uh, one or two, obviously. But I never was particularly compelled by the, the stories or the gameplay, and so it's never been a franchise that I've been into. So, yeah, I guess, you know, putting our cards on the table, this is hopefully, I'll only say this, just like the sonic the hedgehog review on geekvolution between captain logan and frequent host um connor um who had no affiliation with sonic and thus deemed the movie a complete disaster Mm. um i am i'm going to say that we're not obviously qualified uh or at least knowledgeable in this Mm-hmm. to or in this franchise to talk about this movie but but upon saying that i will give it the benefit of the doubt both ways and 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 at least try to be uh as respectful to the franchise as i can be uh from what little i know because once again yes i knew the name of the franchise i think if you're a gamer you know a franchise even if you don't play it because you've heard of it, because uh, every there's obviously discourse about it uh, on in somewhere. Some you always got a friend that that plays a game, uh, and so probably have people who play Need for Speed. 
Yeah, and I will say my prevailing memory of Need for Speed before this movie and before I really knew much about the franchise was I remember that it was the game that I'd play at my friend's house where while you're racing, cops would show up. And I never seen that in any other game. So anytime I think of that, I still associate that with Need for Speed, even though it's obviously shown up in different franchises now, like Midnight Club or um, I'm not sure what else. Um, but before we jump into the movie as well, I was going to ask, just in terms of racing games in general, are these something that you play often or have played in the past? As I just mentioned, I said I did not play Need for Speed. I just mean racing games in general. Oh, racing games. My favorite racing game is still Cars the Video Game from THQ. Hmm. Uh, the tying game, excuse me, from uh, way back in 06. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That was a lot of fun, and I await to go back to that to replay it one day. Other than that, I would say that... <sighs> oh, God, I'd have to go over and look at my collection, but obviously, no, I'm more of the um, action-adventure, non-JRPG slash RPG kind of guy. Um, Assassin's creed file and um, stuff like that. Oh, okay. So, not exactly a race racer, and I'm not good at racing games. Um, they frustrate me, even though, again, it's it's no different than like like some people love doing that and they hate doing like action games again, like an Assassin's Creed game. They just can't stand that stuff, and I respect that. <laughs> um, I do enjoy driving vehicles in non like in like action games. I think that's fun because it's just a variety of gameplay. Whereas, you know, racing games, it's all about being well, you know, fast. Well, not being fast, but like beating, uh, finishing the race and beating records. Like that's kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I did actually play a ton of racing games back in the day. Um, Gran Turismo is usually the ones that I would play a lot on my, my PS2. But um, even into the, the Xbox 360, I would always try to pick up one or two to have my collection. But it's been a, a number of years since I really felt compelled by one. Oh, and of course, Mario Kart. I always love Mario Kart. Yeah, I guess so. That's that's a weird one. Obviously, people will, uh, I guess, real uh, racing gamers are not going to count that one, even though it's clearly like a racing game. But uh, it's the same way as like people say, oh, Smash Brothers is not a real fighting game. Uh, it's not <laughs> as competitive. It's more of a party game. Like Same with, uh, what's it called? Yeah, same, same with... Uh, Oh, Mario Kart, that's what it is. It's a party game. It's like, okay, yeah, fair enough. But there is still legitimacy to be had in that. I guess the only other racing game I played was technically uh, Star Wars Episode One Pod Racers. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I'll mention this one. I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know how obscure this game is. But there was one racing game that I loved on my PS2. Me and my friends have played all the time. It was called 187 Ride or Die. It was an Ubisoft game, and it was kind of like um, like you were riding around, and the people that you are racing with were all gangsters, and so they'd, they'd like lean out their windows and shoot AKs at each other or shoot bazookas. <laughs> it's a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty stupid game, um, but I remember that it was just, we had so much fun playing it with the, uh, the, the co-ops. And that's actually when I stopped playing racing games, is when, because so many of them now are just... I guess they're the graphics and stuff are just too high level and they don't even bother putting in couch co-ops anymore because it would break down too much. 
So that's around when I stopped playing is once I could once I stopped being able to play with other people, I just stopped playing them in general. Yeah, the rule of thumb or the main thing people need to understand, or at least you know the non get non gamers need to understand with gaming right now is that it's moving more towards aesthetics and not gameplay as mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. Mechanics are slowly being forgotten and dismissed instead of um, instead it's all just the look. Um, it needs to look photorealistic. It needs it needs to look like it needs to be a movie. The whole idea of video games as a genre, as in like what can this medium do with storytelling? It's, it, that's all gone. Like that's nowhere to be found anymore. We're it's 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 completely done. Um, they just want to be movies now. It's ridiculous, and <laughs> indie games are the place to go for that. And there's plenty of indie racing games that are worth people's time. I'm not going to mention any of them because I don't know them and I don't seek them out actively, but I know they exist out there and do yourselves a favor and look up any games. Like there was that one kind of racing game that you were playing that one time on your X bone, or it was like you were a mm. manta ray or something like that. It was almost like an infinite level. Oh uh, yeah. Type game. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Grip. Yeah. Grip. There you go. Yeah. That's what it is. Super cool game. Yeah. Remind me did, was Gran Turismo and Need for Speed were they kind of like you know the rivals at the time? Uh, I think they were going for different things, but I, I think they were rivals. Yeah, Gran Turismo was much more just like straightforward, like a racing simulator, whereas Need for Speed I think played with a little bit more like arcade rules kind of thing. Okay, so the sense I get, I didn't play those early games at all, so I can't comment too much. But yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and again, uh, racing games. F- like also begin in like the arcade um, yeah. with, with, you know, the big arcade machines and those were, those were something else, man. Like I respect, yeah. listen, I don't, I know I don't like, maybe it's not, I don't like racing games, but like, you know, obviously there's something that I need to see uh, to get out of racing games. Um, but I absolutely have respect for them. And I still think all those like big arcade cabinets where you're, it's a racing game. Those are so cool. Those are, those are really cool yep absolutely um it's especially nice when i once was in a fair on a ferry uh with those and it was in that game section there and i faced a guy um in a free game he paid for my game which is awesome Hmm. um we we faced each other in a race that was awesome um and it was so funny he played i played uh automatic he played manual it was so funny like hearing him like always shift gears like that was amazing to me. Wow, that's super cool. It was something like it was something like uh, tactile. That's that's kind of what it was. I guess there's also like Simpsons Hit and Run. Certain like what I mean by like indie games is where you won't get so much like it's a driving simulator. It's more like okay, it, it's similar to like sports games. I know we're not talking about Need for Speed, but we're kind of like this is all context for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's nowadays games are again trying to be more like you know realized simulators like photorealistic simulators instead of being like party and or fun game gameplay fun wise um like how can we make this fun like was it mutant football league i mean i never played that but that sounds amazing hmm. don't anything about that game um but you know g- games that uh, are games and not like simulators so what if I, that's why I kind of liked uh, Cars, because it was a cartoonish game where you couldn't wreck yourself. Uh, you can't like actually wreck, you just lose. But every time you slammed into somebody, 
um, they would <laughs> because they're all anthropomorphized cars. They would always get a reaction, and they'd always say like, "Hey, what are you doing?" It's like that was that was a lot of fun. That's what appealed to me uh, was the absurdity of like how I could crash into like any terrain, not die, but just the fact that like you know Lightning McQueen is just stone cold face and not like ow or anything like that. I'm just like that's funny to me. Yeah, that's that's fair. I never played that game, but I'd I'd like to check that out at some point. I'd highly recommend it. It's such a fun game. Um, and then like add-ons when i say add-ons i mean like you know vehicle sections in like action games that aren't racing games i always had a challenge with that and it's always the question of whether or not the mechanics in that game were done correctly like a racing game or not because obviously that wasn't the focus of the game it's the action on the character uh, not so much the action of driving but i totally you know maybe one day i feel like i'll try to master or at least like find a few racing games and try to get good at them because you know what it it's more like yeah it's just think of it as like a puzzle or a way of like it's a game like do it over and over again mm-hmm. oh but i wanted to uh highlight since you mentioned video games especially racing games these days want to be movies um and the funny thing about this movie is i get the sense that ea because they knew that they were doing this big reboot for the get the games, they were like, oh, what, what can we do to kind of create like a preview for this new game that we're going to put out? Why don't we make this movie Need for Speed? <laughs> and I get the sense that that's kind of why this happened was just them wanting like a big preview for their new game, which is going to be a lot more story based as far as I could tell with uh, the 2015 one that it was. I mean, there'd always been like a story element as far as I know. But that one, they were going to really try to ramp it up more. So what I know of Need for Speed, yeah, like you said, is that um, there were, what was, what was the one of the movies? I think it was Most Wanted was one of them. I know there's like Need for Speed Carbon. Mm-hmm. And then, well, again, there's there's so many games back in the day. I'm not going to like, yeah, you know, them all, obviously. Uh, I've watched some videos on Need for Speed. Um, but yeah, what I know is that you... You get the, you get into like, you, you don't really have a, you're a protagonist. We don't really see you obviously, but the goal obviously as a player is to like amass, like win races and defeat bosses. Basically again, it's no different than like a fighting game where you beat bosses and get to the next level, basically, except it's through racing instead of, you know, your fists or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're basically getting to that one race um yeah it's similar very similar to cars where you win win a bunch of races to get to uh a daytona type like uh racing event you do a few laps and then if you win you continue the story uh and then you finally keep amassing wins and eventually yeah you face the final uh championship race and you get the trophy so i mean in this case um need for speed is a little different in that it had the cops like you said yeah, but it's funny, this one does, in some ways, follow that structure, like we have kind of the main boss that we introduced early in the film, and then it's all kind of ramping up to this big, yeah, big race, the De Leon, kind of the end-all, be-all for the street racers. And um, did you know coming in that this was going to be, because you mentioned Fast and the Furious, that this was also going to be like a street race-themed kind of movie? Well, the funny thing is, is that this is... <laughs> I, I said I kind of always, like, I don't 
mind the absurdity that Fast and Furious has gone to. There's a point I have with with it sometimes, but like I know it's absurd for the reason. But mm-hmm. I always said like if they're gonna fin if they're gonna do like one more one, they gotta go back to street races. I got my movie. It's Need for Speed. Um, I'm I'm happy about this now. I, I I like this movie a lot. I don't know if I love it, but I don't hate it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Drive. This is not. Yeah, very different. Which is what I sort of thought it was going to, into, but obviously not radar. Yeah, and I'll just say for me, I saw this back in 2018. I was in the height of me just watching tons and tons of terrible video game movies. Which we will be watching at some point. Every time a new one came up for me to watch, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, I got to go back to the... Because I was following along with Now Playing Podcast in their retrospective called the Now, now Playing Arcade. And every time there was a new episode of the arcade, I would just like drag my heels like, ah, shit, I can't believe I got to watch one of these things again. But when this one came up, I was like, they made a need for speed movie. I didn't even know this existed, really. And then watching it, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, why didn't I know this existed? I love car movies. I'm a big car movie fan. And this is like a real car movie. It wasn't CGI like a lot of those Fast and the Furious stuff did. This is all real stunts. The, the it was actually the actors doing all the driving and yeah i was just blown away at least most of it sorry well they were well the thing is they weren't driving at the the speeds that they were actually yeah. uh but every time you see an actor behind the wheel that was that was them that was them yeah any other ones no um just to make that clear but that's that is still nonetheless impressive it's no different than when uh keanu reeves not a active martial artist trains in martial artists martial arts excuse me for his films uh it's no different just in that you know these actors um were were asked maybe told uh required to uh do some driving uh stunts or at least uh work on their driving skills for this Um, yeah and with the power of cameras not computer generated images were they able to like make it work and believable um i by the way i remember i remember now uh where i first heard about this electronic entertainment expo e3 (laughs) i think it was 2014 i don't know if it was 2013 it might have been 2013 or 14 because it was yeah it was hot off the presses of aaron paul finishing up or wrapping up breaking bad we're not talking about el camino not not because el camino was bad but just like you know that's that's something yeah separate separate yeah and it's funny because i mean the next year i was so hyped about mad max free road and they were doing real stunts i i love that kind of stuff i love car movies and so i'm so surprised that this was never on my radar now do you remember at the time were people talking about this or did this just completely fly under and, and no one was really paying attention to it or something like that. I mean, did you see the, did you hear about what the, what this got in for its box office? <laughs> no, but I'm assuming it was probably a flop just because again, I've heard nothing about it. So at least according to TV tropes, which I assume comes from, oh, actually, I guess I could just go to IMDb. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, oh, by the way, now playing podcast review need for speed. This film received three recommends. <laughs> Yep, through recommends. That's right. That is literally on the IMDb trivia. Wow, really? That is funny. Wow. That's <laughs> kind of low, but anyway. Um, well, it's here? only there's only three podcasts or three podcasters on there. So 
Did I say low? I just meant that's pretty. Uh, oh, I meant low for IMDb, but oh, reaching, yeah, <laughs> yeah, reaching. No, don't worry, I'm not talking about this movie. I'm just like, that's kind of stupid to put on there, but whatever. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's not really trivia about the film. That's uh, so the budget for this was estimated to be sixty-six million dollars, so in around there. Um, the gross. Let's see. The gross. We'll just go gross worldwide. Doesn't matter about America. Uh, the gross worldwide was two hundred and three uh, million dollars. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So uh, not exactly the best, but yeah, certainly yeah. not the worst. Yeah, that's that makes it more interesting. Because hmm. yeah, I, w- I wonder why I. I guess it was never on the the radar to make a sequel or anything like that, but. Well, there's a whole other thing on that. Oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, and I'll just say it, it involves China. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things coming back to this too um, is how much we've seen this cast post this movie. Oh my but, goodness! Like um, I just recently, a few days ago, rewatched the Suspiria remake, and I was like, oh yeah, hey Dakota Johnson, wasn't she in that Need for Speed movie that I just watched? And it, yeah, it's funny to see her pop up here. This is before she did those Fifty Shades movies. This is before she had any sort of career, really. So was it right before? Because it was the same year, wasn't it? Or is it 2015? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 2015 for the first of those, okay. those films. Uh, by the way, this was released March 14th, 2014. I forgot to mention that, which makes sense. Yeah, it was, I think I believe it came. So it was, was it E3 that they debuted this at when they showed the trailer for it? Or is it? was it the game awards and 2013 i don't remember now i just know i saw something um i know i saw something by uh the, uh, somewhere the ga- the gaming industry like released this trailer just because well it's need for speed <laughs> yeah that's fair did they do that for all the big i guess yeah i guess they probably do do it for all the video game movies that come out the big ones at least i don't remember if they uh, i know they did something with assassin's creed with michael uh, Fastbender, and I don't know if they did anything with War, Warcraft. Excuse me, I don't remember if they talked about that or not. Hmm. Oh, because you mentioned uh, Aaron Paul. Yeah, I I don't know this guy at all outside of Breaking Bad, and I've only seen the first three seasons of Breaking Bad. But he struck me as an unusual leading man here. There's something about like he doesn't look like someone that you'd think of as a leading man necessarily. I'm not saying that he was bad or anything, but it's just a little bit of a curious choice, I thought. Trivia from IMDb. From the trivia of IMDb. Again, I don't know. This is just like Wikipedia or somebody like got a quote. Uh, exclusive producer Steven Spielberg. Yes, hot off his uh, his successful Transformers films. Uh, was binge watching Breaking Bad. Decided, <laughs> along with director Scott Waugh. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Scott Waugh. Yeah. Law that Aaron Paul shouldn't play the villain, but the lead instead. Aaron Paul said during an interview on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Wow. Okay, there you go. Didn't realize Spielberg worked on this, but he's just watching the show. He's like, hey, get that kid. Put him as a star of your movie. Well, remember, this is DreamWorks as well, so he <laughs> is always by law, or at least by contract, uh, part of any Spiel or DreamWorks production. That's funny. Oh, man. Well, I, I, I think he's good in the movie. Overall, I like him, and his role is a little bit flat. Like it's there's not much to it, but I think he's got charm, and I think he's got a lot of charisma with uh, Imogen Poots. 
as a love interest. So I think that stuff yeah. all works pretty well. He, um, I, I, it's so funny because I never saw Breaking Bad. That is the first time. This is the first time I've heard him like his voice. I actually thought it would be a little more high pitch. He sounds exactly like Johnny Knoxville. Oh, I can see that. Wow, would have never thought about that. Right, here, here, not see. You can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. A, that's not a. Yeah, it's not a knock against anybody. Either of the two. I just think they sound very similar. Yeah. But what do you think of his uh, his lead character there? Yeah, it's uh, again. I I can't help but compare this to drive i probably shouldn't but um yeah there's really not much comparison it's actually funny there's a similarity between him and uh not the character but i think aaron paul at least maybe i think ryan gosling too much and the roles he chooses where he's very like you know introspective quiet guy and aaron paul's playing a very similar like ryan gosling type character uh i guess i can kind of see it but i i definitely was not thinking of drive at all this but i know i'm I'm, project, I'm projecting too much but do you have any uh thoughts on the the, the character itself and kind of his because we have this arc with he's got this it's kind of an unusual relationship where he's got this shop that he's running he's got his crew and his kind of right hand man of the crew is the brother of dakota johnson's character which is his ex-girlfriend who's now dating this big time racer dino brewster played by dominic cooper and but but the brother stayed with him and the sister doesn't seem to have much connection with the brother. I was kind of confused about that. She kind of went off and did her own thing, like went into the city, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And what it seems like is that Dominic Cooper's character, um, apologies, I forgot his name. Um, it seemed, Bruce, I know his last name is Brewster, which is funny because Jordan or Jordan Brewster is from the Fast and Furious trilogy, even though she plays Mia, but her last name is Brewster, so that's kind of funny. Anyways, um, but sh- um, it seems like Dom's or um, Dominic's character, he was also from the same like small town. Yeah. Um, but he went and made it big. Basically, it's one of those stories of like, oh, he made it big, uh, and there was like a rivalry between the two of them. So. What I what I like, maybe not so much about the character, but what I like about this movie is that every they the writers tried to make it very personal. Like they tried yeah. to tie everything rather than like just saying video games, video games, video games. It's like no, they actually tried to make this personal um, to justify, I guess, the movie itself. Yeah, and it's very clear that the people who are making this love car movies and they love cars. Like we get all this stuff because um, Dominic Cooper's character comes to them after this kind of cool race and he's like hey you know you guys run a mechanic shop you guys rebuild old cars well i got this car here it was the last car that Ford. uh what's his first name shelby and ford yeah carol that's it carol shelby it was the last car he's working on before he died i want you guys to complete it so i can so i can sell it and we get some some cool like a little bit of car history stuff riddled throughout the movie and we even see bullet they go to a drive-in and we see that. So it's kind of an immediate call. Like I was going to say, what Yeah, what what film was that with Steve McQueen in it? And it was Bullet, which I didn't know. Yeah, immediately calling out like, hey, we're, we're not going for the Fast and the Furious. We're going for old school car films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, really much. And those some of those old car films are also pretty snazzy and pretty cool looking as well. Oh, fantastic. Um, muchly highly recommend those ones over Fast and the Furious um again fast furious guilty pleasure i I love the fact early on by the way that um aaron cooper aaron cooper dang it we merged two together aaron paul and 
Dominic Cooper's characters are clearly wearing, you know, one's wearing white, a white jacket and Dominic's <laughs> wearing like a, a black jacket. Mm-hmm. Symbolism. And before we get to some of that stuff, I wanted to address just because I'm seeing it on screen right now. Of course, please do. Yeah. When I first watched this, the, the thing that captured me immediately was the, the soundtrack. I was like, OK, even if I don't end, end up liking this, this movie much, I'm definitely adding this soundtrack to my Spotify. And which I have, and I've listened to it many times since since 2018. Nice. But um, the second thing that caught me and immediately made me go, okay, I'm not just watching another crappy video game movie, was the first race scene. And I love the fact that it feels like it could be a racetrack out of like a video game where they built the track along following this train and they have to kind of reach his spots before the train reaches them and cuts them off. I thought that felt really cool, and, and it did feel like a video game track. Uh, yeah, I wish they did more with that. I know when I see more with that, I wish they had kept doing that, where the road itself kept weaving and bobbing in between the train, potentially, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, where we just do it once, and then uh, we go into the cityscape. So what you're saying would be really good in a game, but they didn't do that they didn't do enough of it yeah but they're still following the train still kind of going along but yeah yeah i guess it doesn't really interact with them again of course i still agree with you that was pretty impressive though um and it shot so well and they also oh it was shot very nicely wasn't it and i also like the uh it also felt like a video game where we have the the guy in the sky who's kind of radioing in and directing them like oh watch out here watch out here that felt like the person that'd be in your ear as you're driving along. I was, yeah, no, they, again, there was consider. I, I wonder if there were, I, I didn't look this up. I wonder if there were any like developers who worked on Need for Speed games in the past who came in and, and gave them some tips. Oh. The writers and directors. I, I was, I, I didn't look that up to see if it was the case, but yeah, I just, I wondered that myself. Oh, and by the way, just because I'm watching this before, I thought that they were following the train more. But yeah, they really do leave it after that scene. Yeah, I thought it came back in the last part of the race. But but no, <laughs> unfortunately, no, I wish I wish it did. But that doesn't mean that uh, it's it's trash or anything like that. Um, I just was wanting to because if, if it really was more video gamey, it would have had that aspect yeah. to it. But we also get the like the cool interior shots. We get some like out out ones when they're driving and then we cut in as if we were the ones driving the car yeah first person basically yeah which was one of the things i always if i was able to would do in video games is i was always do it so i could see my hands on the wheel looking out i only ever did first person because uh it was always easier for me sometimes than doing it in third person also because every time i saw in third person a person about to pass me i'd always get frustrated i'd immediately Mm -hmm. like get like angry like stop no and then i'd like swear and all that stuff and yeah get angry for no reason because it's a game but anyway um oh i appreciate the fact that in this entire movie there was no nos like good job for you guys but i do at least have to ask right before uh paul's character finishes the race like his first race we see that okay not obviously fully but we see that you know like whatever you want to call it effect uh of like going not going fast but remember that scene like we're in the tunnel and like he also like yeah what do you call that um oh i forget how to to, to i can describe the shot where it's um it's like a push and pull shot 
Yeah, that's what it is. Where they're zooming out as they're um, plowing forward. So it creates like this elongated thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. Obviously, that is not the same shot, but it's very similar to the very first Fast and Furious where like whenever somebody uses NOS, they like just Mm. same thing, but everything like blurs. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to go back to those. I haven't seen any of them since probably before the 2010s. It's it's really a interesting piece of media to like go like it's it's so it's such like a I I say watch them for like the cultural aspects of like they started in like you know the 90s aughts and mm-hmm. now they're in like the 22s. Yeah. That's like like think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> Like they've they've literally gone through like prop like two decades, and you can literally see like how not just like you know they've gotten more ridiculous, but how like culture itself has changed. That's that's a reason to go like watch it for like the sociological aspect <laughs> of of what like entertainment is in each era because like that was supposed to be like maybe not peak action, uh, but it was supposed to be you know a little more like racing action. Now it's wanting to go up against things like Marvel and DC and any other action movies. Sorry, this is oh, that's so weird. <laughs> this is not Fast and Furious talk. This is Need for Speed, which is very different because again, it's going. Is it about family? They never utter that line at all. Yeah, even though, and yeah, I guess it's more about just their kind of crew together rather than like a family. But but what do you think of their crew? Because I, I quite like this group. Um, I don't feel like they're super distinct, but I just like the the kind of actors, and I feel like they all have a nice kind of uh, easy relationship together. Yeah, I think all the actors do a good job of acting. <laughs> Sorry if I sound like a broken record, but I just gotta I gotta be honest here. Um, I would say that I don't know how much uh, you would interact with your crew in need for speed games if that was mm. a thing at all like i could obviously see like if you were going to get upgrades for your vehicles that you that maybe like a, a a a side character or like you know a character would be like in charge of the upgrades unless it was just a screen um and yeah. they would make some quips i don't know if that was the case <laughs> or if these are like archetypes that i will say the dialogue some of the dialogue is cliched for me or at least i've, I've heard yeah. some of them before but i'm not going to say it's like bad yeah the weakest thing about this movie is it, it doesn't feel very distinct like i think a lot of it works but it feels pretty bland in a lot of ways like if this movie didn't have the great car action that it does i feel like it wouldn't stand out almost at all <laughs> yeah that's fair but i think the the plot stuff works enough like i like we uh, we have this rivalry with Dominic Cooper and Aaron Paul, which eventually ends up because um, well, how does it how does it work with that car selling thing? Like they rebuild the Shelby car. Yep. And then when they're going to sell it, Dominic Cooper is supposed to drive it in order to display how good it is. But before he shows up, Aaron Paul just takes it out and does it on his own. And because of that, Dominic Cooper's kind of pissed off and he's like, now that there's where I'm getting lost. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, I watched the scene again. Um, what happens is the stipulation is that there's a, the, 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 the Mustang itself can't go faster than, uh, was it 180 
sorry, I was going to say kilometers, miles yeah. per hour. Um, this time I'll use miles because it's an American movie. Um, the or the Imperial system. The, the stipulation is that uh, Paul says it's going to go two thirty. Cooper says it's going to go only like one eighty five. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right, well." And then the uh, girl, uh, the lady, she's like, uh, "Let's tra- test it tomorrow at a track." And he's like, "There's no." Uh, Cooper's like, "There's no way you're using this car, like touching this car, like dri- driving it." And Paul just gives that smug look of like, "Yeah, of course I am." And <laughs> cut to him like you in the in the vehicle driving it and getting like two hundred thirty four miles per hour uh after that cooper shows up is peeved off that you know he basically did it without you know driving it um annoyed by you know it's like this was all my idea and i was supposed to be the one to drive it you're not you're just you know supposed to build it and that's it um and after he gets out he then is like well guess what i i I," him and pete pete kind of gets in there and then starts you know mouth t- talking with his mouth again rather than his brain because he's like oh yeah you know you were you were always the one that was we, we all know that uh paul was the better one he was always a better driver than you were mm. um because that was that was also kind of talked about when uh cooper came back of yeah. just like because he's an indie uh indie indianapolis uh raceway championship or champion um but it's the old it's the old rivalry where one stayed at home the other like went to be pro and but really the one who stayed at home is better than the pro and there the the beef finally like escalates the point of like all right we're gonna i got three european supercars in my uncle's house we're gonna race them uh and paul's like pete don't race and he's like no i want to race he's like all right gives a cheesy like i had a vision oh god (laughs) um and then they race, they race, they race uh, again for the um, was it seventy five percent? Cooper bets seventy five percent of his uh, earned cash from the deal, which was I think two point seven million dollars of the selling of that Mustang. And then if uh, but if Paul loses, he has to give up his twenty five percent that he got. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole stipulation. That's what causes this whole thing to start. Um, the cold context to which I really like because i was just like huh what are they where are they going with all this what, what is all this for and then i realized oh it's for being it's building itself up it's building all this tension all this like drama is being built up i like this um because it's all gonna at least pay off hopefully and it did i think it, i think it really did do it so that's that's good um yeah it's interesting it's almost like the first half an hour is kind of like the prologue like the setup for what the the main part of this main bulk of the story is it absolutely is. Um, the race happens uh, on the streets this time. Uh, from like they have to go from one one destination. I forget where it starts. Uh, one destination, then to a bridge. And right as uh, again, I like the fact that in instead of using NOS or like oh I'm gonna use NOS or something else, uh, it's all skill based. Especially the end, uh, mm. how uh, Paul wins. It's all skills and not like. He's not cheating or anything. Like he's he's using skills. Like it's 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 great. I love that. Um, and so, yeah. But basically, at the end, final like leg of the race, um, does Cooper get frustrated that Pete's blocking him? And then 
basically pits him. Uh, this is the pit maneuver. Basically gets his, smashes his like uh, front bumper into him and sends him flying and careening off the side of the bridge, of course, and he dies. And then in a turn of twist of events, I didn't even realize this because I had seen that scene uh, somewhere. Um, Paul gets blamed uh, yep. immediately afterwards. I was very surprised by that. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Not that, that, It's not that I didn't like think about it, but I was like, oh, okay. Because again, in most Need for Speed games, you are hunted by the cops. Mm-hmm. And so this, and so he's sent to prison, and testifies that there was no. I'm giving a whole summary here. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> gives a whole summary. Gives a whole testifies saying that Cooper's character uh, was the one that did it, but uh, turns out Cooper's trying to cover his bases and has witnesses stating, you know, he was here, he was here, and there was only two supercars present, so it was just him and uh, Pete. Yeah, and uh, one of the interesting notes is uh, that those supercars. They're like not allowed in the United States necessarily. So illegal. The fact that there's only two of them that exist, they're like, oh, or two of them that are there, they're like, oh, where's the third one then? If if he supposedly, and they went in, I guess they checked it out and they couldn't find his car, so they're like, oh, he wasn't there. Could be stored somewhere. Oh, and by the way, I'm, I paused when he said the name of those things: a Koenigsegg, Koenig. I, I can't pronounce it. Koenigsegg, Agera R. And I'm not a giant fan of these kind of like sports cars like that, but I love the way those doors open. I think that's super unique. I just, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I forget if they're not butterfly doors, but they're, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, these are, these are unique to the Koenigsegg. Uh, however you say that the guy who makes those cars invented that, that kind of door. Nice. So <laughs> I, I guess up front, like I do appreciate cars. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like a grease monkey. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> If you've been listening to us, I've kind of really not expressed myself with uh, being a grease monkey, that kind of stuff, whether it's like driving them or working on them. I'm not, but I do have an appreciation for them, but I don't know my terms like you do. Yeah. And I wish I was more literate with cars. I love them, but I just, it's not something that I've dedicated enough time to. Agreed. Not educated enough. <laughs> but yeah, he goes away for, what's it like three years? Something like two that. years, two years, two years in, in the can a clink yeah when he comes out he's got a mission <laughs> prove his innocence he proves his innocence and yeah basically yeah get revenge <laughs> uh i don't remember again i'm watching alongside right now i don't remember if he's immediately trying to go for no i think he is yeah he's yeah he he is trying to go for the um uh the don Le- not i want to say don leon <laughs> yeah the de leon daily only there you go um de leon uh, he literally is just like, I'm going to win that race because it was set up by, I don't know, Michael Keaton. I was like, Michael Keaton in this movie. My goodness. Yeah. And it's funny. It, I think this was like right before he had his big comeback. Well, he had this big comeback. It was in uh, Robocop. Oh, no. That, see, that's that's what it, he was doing. These kind of weird like bit parts just showing up like in this movie. He probably shot like maybe a couple days, but he wasn't interacting with any of the other cast. Just tucked away in his little spot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. In his little lighthouse there, which I question whether or not he got arrested at the end for. <laughs> I wondered about that too. Because <laughs> it seemed like he looked out the window. So I was like, it was did the cops just go in there afterwards? And like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But but it's kind of fun seeing him. I, I, he doesn't add like a huge amount to the movie. But, but I think he does okay with the exposition stuff. Yeah, it was certainly interesting. If you took him out, I wonder if that would change anything. 
if the audience would be uh, questioning what's going on. But I think it it was pretty cool. I'll say that that he he was just this like eccentric ex Formula racer billionaire or whatever it was that started his own illegal <laughs> street race. Yeah, and I think he just his deliveries just added to the general vibe, which I think is one of this movie's strongest suits. It has a really nice vibe to it. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, so once he gets out of prison, he calls up Imogen Poots. He's like, hey, because she was the chick that was, uh, how, how would you describe her? She was kind of the one handling the millionaire who bought the Shelby car. Yeah, she's like the middle middle person between like, you know, the seller and the distributor, I'd say. Or the, the buyer and the uh, builder, excuse me. Yeah, he calls up the guy who, who bought the Shelby car and he's like, hey, you know, let me race your car in this thing and I'll give you, was it like most of the money or something like that? some sort of deal so what it was yeah so what it was and i was confused by this until they explained it like a scene later uh explaining what it was what the the street race was basically you and you you have to, well you have to get you you only get invited you, you you have to be invited somehow by uh michael keaton's character to get into this like s- super race or whatever uh or in this in this exclusive race and uh, whoever wins gets everybody else's cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically betting your own car online. So that means like, you know, whatever high end vehicle you get, uh, you, you, the, the, it becomes theirs mm-hmm. or the winner, excuse me. Uh, so basically whatever the value of each vehicle is, this becomes yours. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll discuss how well that worked out uh, once we get to the end of the race. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, that's the uh, that's that's his that's his bet right there to uh, the man himself of like, this is my freedom. Uh, you give me your car, and I potentially give you five others. Yeah, but first, uh, not only do they have to be invited, but they also have to travel. Um, oh, I wish I could remember what city it was. It's been a while since I. It's been about a week since I watched this. Well, it was New York, and they're going to San Francisco. San Francisco, thank you. Yeah, so a big chunk of this movie is one of my favorite types of movies, which is just a road movie. Road trip. Where you're traveling. Yeah. And especially for car movies. I mean, me and you went to go see Smokey and the Bandit in the theater. Oh, that's such a good film. That's a that's a good car movie. Yeah, Crazy Larry, Dirty Mary, or I think that's what it's called. Another great kind of uh, road trip car movie. I, I just love these things. I, I think it's so cool. And this one has some really cool... Um, just them kind of fucking around, driving super recklessly, causing accidents all over the place. Like, oh no. There was some parts where I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, this is it's kind of ridiculous. And I only mean that in a yeah, moral sense. There were there were, when the army shows up and doesn't like arrest uh Paul's character, I'm just like, what's going on here? Oh, and that's that's a, that's another fun aspect, is I really enjoy that they have this guy who's uh who's always above them flying and kind of, you know, guiding them down below, like, Oh, turn here, turn here. Cause they kind of have to race to get to the, the city. Cause they're in a little bit of a, a little bit of a crunch timeline. They got, they got 45 hours to get to San Francisco and they haven't even like qualified or gotten, uh, Michael Keaton's characters, um, invitation and, or notice yet. Yeah. And I do want to discuss a little bit about how they get that, uh, notice and one of the more strange sequences in the movie. Well, I thought it was interesting because they had to get... So, obviously, his team split up. His mm-hmm. team consisting of Mr. Robot, um, yeah. guy from Transformers, and then guy in the sky. And um, they to, to convince, you know, uh, Mr. Robot to 
join them back because he's taking like an office job. Um, he performs a stunt where he like revs his engine really high. I assume his muffler's off and gets the attention of the police and then starts doing donuts and films himself doing it like with the rear view camera. And then his buddy obviously does the same thing mm-hmm. uh, with a news helicopter that he borrowed air quotes. <laughs> He's always got a, he always manages to catch some sort of flying vehicle there. somehow. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, basically does this lap, this lap or this leg, excuse me, uh, of a race air quotes, or at least a, uh, <laughs> what would you call an entrance video, an entry video? That's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, send, tries to send it to Michael Keaton's character, gets it, uh, gets away from the cops, uh, gets around them, and then, yeah, gets invited. Yeah, but the, the Rami Malik quitting scene was the scene that I was saying was the uh, the odd one. Well, I, I saw that scene, knew what was happening, and then I skipped it. <laughs> oh, really? You just fast forwarded? <laughs> that, and because I didn't have time. I was like, all right, I know where this is going. Um, no, no offense on Remy Malik there, but just I kind of need to watch this for the the, the more important stuff. Um, That's fair. That was, it was certainly a, a bit for him, but I kind of figured it was going to happen. It was him quitting, and well, you could kind of figure what happens next. I just end up seeing. I ended with him being half naked. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of surprised. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I thought that was a weird scene. I was like, oh, this feels out of place. I mean, maybe they want a spotlight. This guy who probably been cast to Mr. Robot, but it hadn't aired yet. So maybe they were like, oh, let's give him a moment in case he kind of gets to be a bigger star. I don't know. No. <laughs> but but yeah, I didn't care for that moment much. But I did like his little entrance stunt where he just caused like chaos in the streets. I was like, these guys, I mean, I, I enjoy them for for being great at the, the driving, but they're kind of assholes putting a lot of lives at risk. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing of like... <laughs> no regard for human life at all in this film. So it's like, again, very personal, but at the same time, there's a lot of crashes, you know, a lot, a lot of crashes. It's not like blues brothers, blues brothers, another great car movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And road trip movie as well. I've got to mention, um, that's a fun, but that's yeah. Is that like a musical in the disguise of a car movie? Who knows? Yeah. You know, maybe we should put together a little car movie, a little series. I'd love to do some of those. Oh golly. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a few. There's certainly there's that. Uh, was that Steven Spielberg one? Like one of his oh, early dual. ones. Yeah, yeah. saw that a little while ago. Nice. Does it hold up? Yeah, that's that's a cool one. Yeah, I might could throw that in. Should probably do Bullet as well, like you said. Yeah, yeah we could do Bullet. Bullet's a quality movie. Oh yeah, many. I don't know if we have to do. It's a Mad 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 World. <laughs> oh no. And of course, the Mad Max franchise was a. Uh... Well, that's we were going to do that one anyways <laughs> separately. Yeah. Oh, but um, one of the things I wanted to highlight during their kind of cross-country section, uh, of course, we have the the romance growing with Imogen Poots and Aaron Paul. And I think their scenes work well enough for that, that kind of stuff. Um, and I liked when she participated in the hot fueling scene. That was kind of her moment where she kind of the ice wore off and she became part of the group. Because at first they're trying to freak her out and get her to just leave. Like they're doing completely reckless driving just to terrify her. But then once she participates, when they're like, oh, we need to fuel, fuel up the car, but we don't have time to stop. And so as they're driving, the uh, the kind of fuel truck pulls up next to them. And Remy Malik hangs off the side and can't get the thing into the tank. And she has to climb out the window and kind of scale along the side and help them. I just I like scenes like that in, in movies. You kind of see that in Mad Max stuff as well every now and again. 
I think that stuff's cool. Yeah, I don't know how much CGI was used for that though. I know they didn't, but like, so, I don't know, something felt off about it. I feel like they weren't going as fast as they really were. You can tell they weren't going as fast as they were supposed to be going. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to throw any of that up into the bus, especially like there were a few scenes, especially I think in the end race, where I noticed that they weren't actually going as fast as they uh, displayed as they were or like said in, in story uh, in the movie they, they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I get why, of course, like they can only keep the illusion up for so long. Yeah. And again, I appreciate that, that at least they're using the CGI just to like remove harnesses. And it's not just like, because I mean, it'd be so easy to just completely dub them in or uh, what's map them in. And it just yeah. looks completely fake. So of course. Yeah, of course. So even though you can tell they're not going that fast, it's at least <laughs> at least that's something some compromise. Yeah, if you can if you can believe it, you can believe it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's much else that's. Oh, I guess I guess during this whole road trip scene or sequence, I should say, um, Dino, he's being a big dick and he's like, I don't want these guys in the, the Daily Own. They're not legitimate. And he's like, I'm going to pay some sort of uh, ransom. If anyone can stop him from getting to San Francisco, then I'll pay him some money. So he puts up his element Elemento, I think it was his Lamborghini, I believe. Oh, um, I either he said half of it or all of it. I don't remember what part of that was but he put up basically that to the public uh saying like if you can kill or whatever um yeah or just stop yeah stop aaron paul uh, and it's vehicle you get my vehicle basically yeah yeah and i, I like that this this is kind of reminding me a little bit of um john wick where we kind of entering a world where everything resol- revolves around this racing just like in John Wick, everything revolved around the the assassins kind of world. I, I like when movies do that with a very kind of focused lens. Yes. And yeah, we get these crazy, <laughs> crazy guys with like shotguns. And there's the lead guy of them is even like, oh, don't kill him. Just shoot for the tires. Don't aim to kill him. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like these guys, bunch of crazy assholes. And I don't even think it actually affects that much. Like it, they, it's kind of just like a little bit and then it's done. I mean, they had set it up, and so you wonder if they're gonna. You you, you do wonder if uh, they're all if that's gonna play a bigger part where there's gonna be constant like as, like just like in I think it's John Wick two or three I think it's three uh, where all those assassins start coming after him, and it's just like relentless. Like you think that's gonna happen, but it only happens once here. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, and I, I guess that is the excuse to get the uh, our buddy who's always flying in the sky. Yeah, I guess he does have some sort of military connections and manages to steal some sort of military vehicle and then they put a chain around the car and fly it away, which is a cool image. Uh, but it did kind of stretch. I was like, okay, this guy, man, how is he getting all these? But at, at least he got arrested for it. So there Yeah, you go. Well, they, there were some consequences there. Yeah. Um, or at least put in military prison, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I got to say, though, that was unrealistic to me, by the way. Yeah. Um, when I say unrealistic, I mean like when they hooked up said car, mm-hmm. uh, or the way they hooked up the helicopter um, uh, cables together to the car. I was like, so they're putting it basically through the wind, not the windshield, but they're putting it through the passenger and driver windows, and then hooking like two uh, hooks together. I'm like, 
that would instantly just like rip the roof off. Yep, rip the roof off. Absolutely. Because <laughs> there's no support there. Like, obviously, I say obviously, but if anybody was, you know, understood like, you know, gravity and or at least, you know, how weight is, is and, and skeletons of a car, they would know they would put it underneath the frame of the vehicle, but obviously they couldn't do that. So yep. that was that was a very ridiculous scene, which makes it funnier when in that Fast and Furious 10, 9, um when they like swung on the bridge um with the wire i think they had the wires in the front of the car in the hood so basically on the frames which is i was like is that a flash is that a callback to this film (laughs) oh probably not i'm sure vin diesel was like nobody on my staff watched this like we need to have a pure pure vision basically (laughs) but but i did like the shot of it of them like over like, I don't know if it's like salt flats or something. It was just a pretty shot in water. Yeah, it's, it was, I think it was over in Utah. Um, golly, when, when he jumped the, uh, the uh, turn off there or mm. exit, I was like, he just ruined the bottom of his car. Like he, he literally just like ruined his suspension and axle. Mm-hmm. Of course not. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh man, <laughs> Like who knew these Mustangs were so uh, resilient? Goddamn! Jeez, yeah, it had to have at least a reinforced frame. Even then, if but if it had a reinforced frame, that means that it would be like using fuel up like it was a slurpee on a hot summer day. Um, hey, that's why they had to do the hot fueling, you know. <laughs> I guess I guess so. But they also stopped at gas station. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I don't know if I have much more for that middle section. I did like that that guy just kind of. Like he knew he was gonna get arrested, but he was he wanted to help his buddies out. Or I wanted to take a shot for each other. I thought that was nice. Yeah, certainly. Um, but but yeah, do you have anything else before we jump to the uh like the end section? I would say, yeah, almost everybody got a moment. I don't know if uh is is he the guy from Transformers two, by the way? Um, the the pilot? Yeah, the guy who's like got the big rig. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I think you're right. Yes, <laughs> I think it is. Don't don't call me on that. Even though I've been saying it. Yeah, the guy who had like his pants down in that one scene was asking for toilet paper. I don't remember that, but okay. Oh wait, yeah, and in, in, yeah, in, in Revenge of the Fallen, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, I thought you were talking about this movie. I'm like, what scene was that? Oh no, yeah, that wouldn't. That, you could only find a scene like that in a Transformers movie. Yeah, that's fair. Which, by the way, this. Okay. Also, I don't know why every time they were racing. By the way. Um, actually, no. When they when they first showed the, they did the little like holograms of the horses, and then they like showed the actual like mm. Mustang. I just wanted. I'm just like I'm thinking of a transformer right now. <laughs> I guess I could see that. Yeah, I don't know why. Also, I wanted to hear the um the pod racing noises for some reason. <laughs> Those are just really good noises. Like Ben Burt, you you amazing son of a gun. Oh, but now I'm watching the scene where uh, they finally arrive and he goes into this fancy hotel and then he runs into Dominic Cooper. And I do think that those two actors do a good job kind of selling the tension between them. I think that stuff plays pretty well. Uh, it's just it's just funny how Cooper's in this film as an antagonist and then he's in Warcraft as like a somewhat protagonist. Oh, I completely forgot he's in Warcraft. Wow. Yeah, it's the funny thing, isn't it? Also, it's funny because I... I kept mist- even though I knew he wasn't. I kept mistaking him for being in Fast Six, but it's the guy from uh, uh, Hobbit. Oh, wow. Hobbit, and or Gaston from from Beauty and the Beast, twenty seventeen. 
Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't know. I think if I, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. They they both look similar. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh the year before, I'm pretty sure it was 2013. Uh the the first time I ever noticed Dominic Cooper. Maybe it was 2013, never mind. I could be wrong. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, actually, I think it was 2011. 2011. Uh he did this movie called The Devil's Double where he played the son of uh Adam who's Oh, how do you say his name again? Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Saddam. Saddam Hussein. Yeah, and it was he played he played this super fucked up, like crazy guy. And so I so I think of him more as a baddie, just because I know him from that movie mainly. Is that wait, well he's not he's white though. Is that like is that semi like racist or Yeah, you know, I I don't know. That that is interesting. I never thought about that. I mean, not on. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. He took the role, but like, I'm, I don't know. Is, are people okay with a former, ter- well, United States as a terrorist being played by a white guy? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Say, I'm not touching that thing with a pole. I'm just being like, is that or is that not? I don't know. Exactly. That's where I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's a good film, though. Definitely recommend it, even if it's maybe some. So yeah, potentially not the best casting in terms of race yeah. things, but but he was great. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I was a little more shocked though that like throughout the middle part, uh, Paul wasn't like suspected even more. Like he wasn't being chased further. But I guess he was taking the back roads. But even then, it's just like I wonder. I, I just had to wonder myself if like he was gonna get caught at some point. So I guess there was that aspect that like there's a tension of like oh is he gonna get caught or not? Yeah, he had a couple of run-ins with the cops. And that was when he did that great uh, jump scene, even though it didn't make much sense. It was still cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was just like, you know, every time of, you know, a, a car like that lands in real life, it does damage to the vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually after that, after they're running at the hotel, him and Imogen Poots go to leave and they're like, oh, like we're going to get a hotel room together. And it's like, oh, like, it sounds like they're going to, you know, finally solidify this, this romance. Sounds like they're going to have sex. (laughs) There you go. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, violence, uh, a big, a big rig uh, truck is bashed into him. Of course, from out of nowhere, uh, one of Dominic Cooper's camp mechanics uh, just T-bones them with a giant semi-truck or uh, construction truck. Yeah, which again, I thought was shot pretty cool because it was all in uh yeah again in like the first person view yep yeah and i i guess i didn't really think about it, but that's that is something that does define this and you see it in a bunch of video game movies as the first person kind of shots like that yeah that's true so so there you go i i can appreciate them slipping that in there more i did have to question i, I had to question though when they were at the hotel why they were there because uh i know it said like be there at the hotel mm-hmm. um but then he receives that email of like here's where you have to be because he wouldn't disclose where the location of said race would be. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the hotel, doesn't like, I guess looks for him, uh, Michael Keaton's character, excuse me. And then ends up finding or running into Dominic Cooper. But then like, you go back to the, you, you, we, we go back to the vehicle Mustang and the, the text on the, on the touch screen just shows up saying like, Hey, you got email. I'm like what? Yeah. Maybe when he went in, he like checked in with someone. He's like, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. He's the- <laughs> Either that or like somehow you have to be in the same vicinity or receive like the text or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I could see that too. Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, some of the details do get a little smudged uh, in the movie. Aye. <laughs> um, but yeah, after after that, the the Mustangs destroyed, and it's like, oh no, like what 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 are we gonna do? How are we gonna, you know, be able to race in this? And that's when Dakota Johnson steps back into the picture. But again, I'm mildly confused about. I I can't exactly remember the details of who tips her off about the location of the uh, the other Kona's egg. So, well, what happens is as uh, and in that scene, by the way, Don, this is I'm watching the scene that is actually happening right now. So <laughs> Michael Keaton's talking about this. There's almost like a three way conversation between the three of them um, where like, you know, um, it's when Aaron Paul has qualified like he got his he, he sent in his basically like, you know, his his test, his um, demo reel of like, hey, let's uh, this is this is me trying to qualify. And Michael Keaton's impressed and then has on the phone because he has like this live stream going on um, like Alex Jones almost, but, you know, <laughs> a lot more funny um, in a in a non ironic way. Um, and then I guess uh, Dominic's watching this as well. And he then puts bets his full on Lamborghini. It's his full on Lamborghini um, with uh, with him or to to do the uh the bounty that's what it is the bounty and then after that uh what is it yeah he has to his mechanic comes in and is like yo the uh guys who you bet the farm with because he was like making investments to somebody i think some car salesman or something like that i don't know like for big investments because is because like aaron paul and his motor shop uh his auto body shop uh his is also going under Trying times, I guess. Mm. And so as he's going to do that, Dakota Johnson, his secretary, steps in because he hears she hears um, either the girl talk about uh, what happened with Pete, because that was his that was her brother. And then it gives her like, you know, hey, is that is this is what she's saying is true? Because she spouts out, hey, there were three of those European supercars. But there's only two. Like, where's that third one? So then she goes to Dominic's desk. Uh, Dakota Johnson goes to Dominic's desk. I'm confused. I'm, I'm sorry if I sound confused. <laughs> uh, and then goes on his computer as it's still opened. And then, like, you know, looks under personal files and finds that there's a uh, there's a storage unit that is, or at least maybe not a storage unit, but there's a, um, there's a warehouse somewhere that's holding something. And it is the European supercar that he used uh, to kill Pete with basically, or accidentally kill Pete with, excuse me. There mm. was intention of like getting past him, but like, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And so it's, and it even still has the damage just done to it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where that plot line came from. Cause when she goes, when, when finally Paul goes to San rise in San Francisco or uh, yeah, after the T-bone incident, he, then goes to see Dakota Johnson and basically she gives the only reason she's there is to give him the um the car because he asked for a car and she <laughs> gives him literally the car that killed Pete and then also gives uh him her ring that he I guess Dominic uh, Cooper gave to her as a um mm. a wedding engagement excuse me yeah I like that scene quite a bit yeah, when because uh, they're like, oh, like I guess all the, the all the drivers have arrived, and um, Toby Marshall isn't here, and they're like, oh wait, this other car shows up, 
And once Dominic Cooper notices what car it is, he's just like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and- I didn't, I don't know if I liked the part where Aaron Paul literally just went up to him and gave him his motivation, like, like all like, you know what he's doing it for. I was, I was like, okay, that's a little like too exposition-y and or like, I think hmm. that there's a lot of like visual storytelling right there. So like, you didn't need to say that stuff. But that's just me. That's fair. And he, and like when he gives him the ring. And I, it's also another little bit of exposition, maybe, but I, I kind of like it with, um, uh, what, what's the uh, Michael Keaton character? Ah, whatever. Michael Keaton's like, like, hey, wait a minute, isn't? I guess there was a third Kona's egg or whatever it's called. Yep. And he's like, maybe old Dominic was there. Hmm. Yeah. He's <laughs> throwing it out there, and then by the end, it's kind of like confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> All but confirmed. So. But again, I just think he's he's got a charm to him, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of why they they got him, and I think that was a good casting choice on on their part. Yeah, yeah. As as an expo- like the the wild and crazy exposition. Yeah, and I, I love the lineup of cars that we get at the finale here. Um, I think it was the Lamborghini Elemento was the uh, the villain car. I think it, it looks like a villain car. It's got the black with like the print on it. I, I can't remember. That was that was the one that he was betting, by the way. Oh, the one that he's racing. Yeah, he built, I think I said Elemental. I, I probably said yeah. it wrong. That bastard. <laughs> yeah, I guess no one stopped him anyway. Where the hay was this, by the way? I got to find this piece. Just keep talking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And there's there's a ton of cool cars there. I, I think I like that they saved because the first one, like they were kind of cool muscle cars, but they save all like the super fast, slick kind of sports cars for the end end fight. So another piece of this is kind of this should be speculation, but I don't know who said this, but you uh, to uh, uh, IMDb trivia, whatever number, whatever. Uh, even at two point seven million, I guess at the time, I don't know what it is worth now. Uh, Dino, uh, Dominic Cooper's character, wrecking the uh, Koenigsegg, uh cost him more money. So the whole move, the whole basis for, of this movie is one of pride and idiocy. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. And I do think, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, Aaron Paul's character keeps hammering, like, you didn't even turn back for him. Like, maybe if he'd hit him, like, it was clearly an accident. If he'd gone back to make sure he was okay. Well. Maybe some of this kind of hatred between the two wouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, I still say it's very morally gray because, like, he intentionally hit him to get yeah. through obviously what happened escalated but even then i'm still a little like i, I don't know it, it's weird he's still a scumbag but it, if he had gone back it would have shown that he at least had some compassion and in, in that it wasn't an intentional kind of yeah fuck you oh yeah and that scene by the way i thought was like the end of the film because i think i'd seen it on actually yeah, it was being played on tv like a few months ago oh, and wow. i saw it i was like oh i gotta not watch this whole thing because i'm I, you know i'm gonna watch this for uh when we do our commentary of this or you know speakeasy which we are doing now <laughs> uh and i saw that scene and i thought it was the end of the movie i'm like wow i got spoiled no it's not <laughs> it's the setup for the whole movie oh that's funny wow playing on tv wow yeah, well, that, you, know, you, could, you could say that's probably like oh it's we're good. well who knows you sometimes it's saved on television Oh, but this end kind of epic. Uh, the, I, was, I keep wanting to say end fight, but it's end race. Oh, yeah. 
I think it's super exciting. Um, it's super exciting, and the way it's resolved is is great. So go ahead, take it away. Oh, it, it's uh, the cops show up at a certain point, and we just see these these poor drivers getting picked off left and right. Yep. I keep thinking, like, oh man, like one, they're losing kind of the prize cars, like all these ones are getting destroyed. Yeah, but also these drivers are driving so fast. Like I imagine, you know, at least a couple of them are either injured for the rest of their lives or dead. It's never really called out. We don't talk about that. Yeah. We never talk about that at all. Um, it, it only what only matters is Aaron Paul and Dominic Cooper's characters. That's all that matters. Um, I actually wondered whether or not some of the other cars and the other racers, especially at the end with all those nicknames, I was wondering. And some of the, I was wondering if any of them were references to game uh, characters at all. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. think about that. Hmm. I was even wondering whether or not some of the cop callouts or all the in, in the police radio chatter. I thought that was like, I wonder if they got some voice actors from like the previous games to come in and do some of the voices for the cops. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. I guess IMDb, IMDb trivia didn't mention. <laughs> no, didn't. Mean, I mean, I Man. could just like what I would have to do is just like look up each yeah. individual like, you know, actor who was in who who uh, like i guess was credited for the voice of a police officer or any of those guys at the very end and be like okay were they in anything related to like you know video games back in the day or no hey that sounds like a hassle <laughs> hassle and a half but hey i'm just i'm throwing it out there that if it was the case then that's awesome if it wasn't I, they should have done that but whatever oh but as the the race progresses basically everyone gets taken out except for our our two leads which is very predictable and i was like okay so everybody knows that paul's going to win the race like it's, mm -hmm. it's it's obvious how do they what 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 can they do to make us like uh enjoy this and i was pleasantly surprised and enjoyed uh what the outcome was at the very end oh do you want to do you want to go into it there or I, I feel like you have some stuff to lead up to it so go ahead oh i don't really i don't know if i okay because again even though i i love all this action i don't know if i'd have much to say about the... so basically at the very end uh Cooper, him and Cooper are neck and neck, and they're they're right near the end. And Cooper's gonna, um, looks like Cooper's gonna do the same thing he did before, where uh, Aaron's in front of him, and he's gonna just like ram right past him. Uh, but instead, Aaron notices this, puts his brake on, lets Dominic pass, and then passes him again. Uh, another turn and finally when he realizes that dom's gonna do it once again uh he then fakes it breaks it slips and then uh dominic cooper goes flying loses control and crashes and um yeah paul then keeps going um by the way when the elemental was on fire uh that was that was just cgi fire yeah by the way. Definitely. i was just like what the heck is this like that's that's video game fire right there but because everything else in this movie had been like pretty much realistic or at least yeah. you know an actual like explosion even like um when pete went over the the bridge mm. uh that was real fire yeah it definitely stood out how fake it looked there but um just before we meant talk about that yeah during the race yeah, Dominic's character was definitely pulling out his own routine, bumping into people, making people crash. And we even saw that uh, Aaron Paul was in the same situation where he was behind and he kept blocking. Dominic's character kept blocking. And he almost repeated the same thing of bumping into him, but he his moral center yep. 
told him not to do it and he he found a proper way around yeah i know his his friends watching the event was just like no please don't even though he couldn't hear anybody yeah um <laughs> and yeah i know i, I was uh i kind of also was pleased about that i was like okay at least they because you know they're both very similar they're they're opposite they're they're almost the same character in a way like the same person mm-hmm. um one went down one goes down the right way the other goes on the other way which is nice so he had the mm-hmm. opportunity to do the same thing but he resisted because it was something that pete wouldn't have wanted and then uh after dominic cooper crashes uh, right before the race finishes mm-hmm. um does he realize like for pete he would have done this and so he goes back to make sure that Dominic Cooper gets out and not any of the other racers. Cause you know, they don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're all arrested now by the cops, by the way, the cops fell behind, which is a good setup because once he then gets Dom out of the, the burning vehicle, uh, does he then punch him in the face? He's like, you know, it's Pete <laughs> and then goes back and tries, you know, uh, to f- finish the race off, which I'm like, all right, you know what? Fair enough. He's mm-hmm. a distance away from, actually, it's funny. He gets him out of the elemento and then the elemental just explodes. Yeah. It's like, wow, <laughs> cutting it for time there. Eh? But whatever, mm-hmm. um, gets in his vehicle and heads off, wins the race at just as all the cops like show up again, pay off and, get him in there and um yeah we don't see michael keaton get arrested which i was you know highly wondering like if the cops would have suspected like why is he at this lighthouse goes mm-hmm. inside oh hey it's this you know supposed like billionaire formula one racer former fo- formula one racer excuse me oh but i think it was a good just location to have this kind of end oh yeah surrendering bit with the waves in the background oh my goodness like when they were when they transitioned from forest to um what is it side of the or yeah um ocean front mm-hmm. um the bay area excuse me the beach property um or the the the, the beach roads i couldn't help but think of antonio bay <laughs> oh i i was thinking the same thing so <laughs> weirdly <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And again, it's it, it's always nice to see water on screen. You know, I, yep. I can't uh, <laughs> can't say enough good things. Even if it's mist form, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a nice. And they, they have all these pretty aerial shots. Just uh, I enjoyed that. We don't know if he got his money at all, or at least, you know, he gave the money to uh, that sponsor for the <laughs> uh, the Mustang. We, we don't know, uh, but he does end up going to jail. And Michael Keaton all but confirms that yeah, Dominic uh, Cooper's character goes to jail as well. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, 178 days later, uh, he's released. Uh, the lady comes up in a, another Mustang, which I think was apparently like the 2015 version of the Mustang. Um, <laughs> and they talk with um, Mr. Robot and Transformers 2. And they're like, we gotta go get guy in guy in the guy in the sky, uh, who's still in military prison. And the movie ends in that. I think that was the only post credits. I think it was the only. I don't know if there was any other credit scenes. Could be wrong on that. Oh yeah, I didn't stick around to the end, so I'm not sure. No, there wasn't. Oh no, the post credit, the mid credit scene was um, just a you know a, a gag of an Easter egg of um, guy in the sky doing. Oh. twerking exercises with the uh, other military uh, inmates. 
Yeah, which I, I kind of wryly uh, shook my head at. I was like, it's not terrible, but I don't know if we needed that. Again, almost all the guys got a moment in this movie mm-hmm. uh, to shine. I don't know about uh, Transformers 2. I don't know if he ever got a, like, a moment. Yeah, he was just a solid uh, like backup guy who does all the driving. Yeah, he was just a support there. So yeah. Whereas like Guy in the Sky gets a moment, and uh, Mr. Robot gets a moment, and even Lady gets a moment. Yeah. I don't know what to call her. Right seat. That's what it is. Uh, right seat lady. Yeah. Imogen Poots. What a weird name. <laughs> no offense to her, of course. Oh, is that her? Is that her actual name? Yeah, that's the actress. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, Yeah. And she's popped up in some stuff over the years. I haven't seen her lately, but for a while there, she was popping up in some some stuff. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but um, yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of. Yeah. Need for speed. We sort of did a. Not um, not a full scene by scene, but like a botched scene by it's weird. Yeah, and that's actually the style that I've I've wanted to do for a long time, but I was never sure to make it work because I was like, in order to get that style, do I have to write out like a script for us to follow? I was never sure how to do it. So, so I feel no, like we've we, feel like we've done it here. <laughs> yeah, no, we we talked about the film and pretty much gave all our notes on it because golly and there was obviously no way they were gonna drive that gt mustang uh in the race like i knew there was like okay (laughs) they they have they have what is it he obviously brought the crew with them to work on their vehicle right Mm -hmm. i'm just like okay after all the stunts he's pulled there is no way there's no way he is like driving this thing and then the t-bone happens i'm like okay he's got six hours he goes to see dakota johnson she's like i gotta location that I, I got a car for you i'm like okay and this is like a second body for the mustang g or gt mustang i'm i'd be shocked and it was instead the the the, the supercar that uh <laughs> was the one that he drove to accidentally kill pete so it's like okay that makes more sense yeah it's fitting i th- I, th- I like that and it was such a great car it was nice to get a second use out of it get to oh, see yeah. that awesome door again <laughs> My favorite part of the car, the door. Um, <laughs> oh, but for before we jump into final thoughts, this is kind of behind the scenes stuff. But I was thinking for these video game movies, should we should we rate them in some way? See, that's the thing of like, what are we? Because are we are we saying like terms of every other comparing each and every other single entry in like unrelated video game movies? Yeah, and I even wrote this in my notes previously. I was like, you can't rate video game movies the same way you can't rate other ones. We could potentially rate them as good, fun, mediocre, bad, or terrible. And just, yeah, just see which groups they fall in. I would say like enjoyment and and if it's watchable for like if a non-gamer person could watch this and get enjoyment out of it. Mm. Um, because I think there's enough here that... Um, can at least get a layman to uh, enjoy it, I'd say. Yeah. And it's not a must-watch and you have to see it forever. But this is one that if you're – it's a Saturday or a Friday night and you're just, you know, you're, you're at home and you want to watch a film, I would say put this on because it's, it's, it's a once in like 10 years movie to watch, but it's a mm. solid film. It's, it's very much a – it's a – well-directed and well-acted film and the stunts are amazing and there's minimal cgi integration into it yeah and as a as someone who loves car movies 
this is definitely one of the good ones in the modern era. Because that's been the, the shame in the modern era. You, you'd figure we could get so many great car movies now that we can do so much more with the technology. But, I mean, maybe the fan, Fast and Furious stuff has been good. But when I started ending off, it started to be too bombastic and ridiculous. And I was like, this is not what I wanted. So it was nice seeing a movie like this and kind of this hidden kind of gem. Even though it's not a great movie by any means. It's like a probably like a 6.5 out of 10 type of movie. Uh, I feel like it's a little more solid than that. Uh, I think it's a little higher than that, but I don't use that scale, so... That's fair. But I do know what you mean. I guess this is a solid B. Yeah. I guess this is certainly something that you should watch. It's probably 6.5. Uh, you, you, I, I would say, like, maybe not must-see, but certainly, like, give it a watch. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not deserving of your time, but I think you certainly... A person would be entertained and... Thankfully, there's like, as far as I'm aware, there's no characters from the games in it, and you don't have to know all this backstory. Everything is basically set up in the movie and paid off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think all that stuff, even though it's not particularly unique or particularly like um, that interesting, I think it's all pretty competent. Yeah. Which, again, when you come to video game movies, I mean, it's funny that we started with some of the good ones with Sonic, uh, Resident Evil, and then this, because, I mean, most of them are completely incompetent. So. Well, <laughs> I mean, Apocalypse hasn't come out yet, but like that, that's just garbage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I decided not to include that one. <laughs> yes, of course. Because of course not. I mean, Ninja Gaiden <laughs> was just Ninja Gaiden. Like mm-hmm. that's. That doesn't deserve, I don't mean, say deserve, that obviously shouldn't be included, but like, hey, I found it. So I was like, hey, we're going to do this one. And it was enjoyable. Absolutely. It was enjoyable. That was, I think, a little, well, there was some action in it. So I think you probably enjoy that. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think for us, at least the common, the way we would rate our, the, our rating system would probably be like comprehension of like, is it comprehensible? Um, does it make sense? And this made perfect sense. This was set up, you do you need to have extracurricular um, facts about this film? Do you have to, do you have to know, have prior knowledge in order to go into, no, mm. you just like Sonic the Hedgehog number one, you don't have to go into this film having like read any Wikipedia articles unless you want to. Yeah. Or played the game. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Playing, having played the game, you can just go into this without having to know anything. Whereas like Ninja Gaiden, for instance, really is kind of, very um uh reliant on those games because it kind of is like a sequel in a way to those games a tie-in a t- thank you like yes. the resident evil uh animated films absolutely yeah no it's you 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 need to like play the games in order to understand that a little better mm. um whereas yeah no it's uh with this one i think it's it's a competent like average film even though i said it but just for video games this is very good I would say. Yeah, and do you feel like we're we're ready to jump over to the randomizer? <laughs> I was going to say though, what was what did you think of the uh shaky cam in this film? Cuz I didn't think it was at all bad. No, no I th- I thought it felt appropriate for the uh the racing. They used it usually only when we were like in the the seat, like in the driver's seat. So again, your your definition of like what good shaky cam is. What is what is ty- we've said this before. What is what is the typical like use of when we ever we bash shaky cameras? What is what does that mean, sir? Um, usually for me, it's when things start to become incomprehensible. 
it's like i don't know what punch if that's landing who's throwing it because things are shaking around so much or if you've ever seen i mean people hammer the born ultimatum all the time but something like hardcore henry where i find it nauseating to watch because the camera is constantly moving always you can never focus on one thing it's basically a gopro yeah and it makes me want to throw up <laughs> there was another movie called the villainous this japanese uh martial arts movie. oh yeah that one i keep i can't really watch that one it has a couple of action scenes that i feel the same way where it's like it's moving so terribly and it's the camera like degrades when it goes to those action scenes and i just find it nauseating to watch so <laughs> So what do you consider in your, at least you know, your subjective viewpoint, what is your personal view, take on like how, what, what good shaky camera looks like? Um, you can still clearly see everything that's going on. And I like it better when you're in the character's shoes when you're seeing it. Okay. So it's kind of like, it's there to give you what the character's feeling in that moment. Kind of some disorient disorientation, but not, you know, completely obscuring what you're seeing on screen. That makes sense. So basically when the cars were moving very at high rates of speed, um, they were shaking. Mm -hmm. At least the camera itself was shaking because most likely it was also in a, in a vehicle that yeah. was shaking. So you couldn't really like, you know, prevent that, but you could at least see the car still in frame. Mm -hmm. uh, you could clearly tell what was going on. So that's kind of what you mean. Yeah, and I think it actually helped the like the scene when we got the hot fueling. There's a scene when Imogen Poots climbs out of the window, and then we see the the car that clearly has the camera on it like zoom forward, and you can feel like the like the tires kind of the, the way the camera is moving. You can feel like the tires moving across the concrete. Yeah, like you can call that kind of shaky cam, but I think that just accentuates kind of the shot because you can really feel the way they shot it. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's cool, but. So it gets a this one gets a strong recommendation from me. Please go watch this. Uh, please support this, even though you know you can get on <laughs> Disney Plus. So I don't know if it's making money at all. Um, but you know, and where? Well, let me see. Uh, is it in here or not? Uh, keep talking here. Yeah, and I, I'd echo that too. Again, it's not it's not going to be a great film, but it's definitely an enjoyable one. And if you like car films, this is a good modern example. So, so definitely happy to revisit it again. Uh, this is speculation. I don't know where this comes from, but like uh, trivia from Chibi Tropes. Uh, the film's international takings were supposedly generous enough to pave the way for a sequel, which was planned to be filmed and set in China. But since 2015, no further word on it has been spoken. Hmm. So potentially we would have had a uh, Chinese thing right there. Actually... Hang on. I think I have a article here. Aha. It's a stupid freaking Hollywood reporter ad. So, <laughs> you know, here, I'll post this in the link. Uh, and maybe you can put this in the uh, description when you release this. I don't know. Sure. I'll try to save it. Yeah. Try to save it if you can. Uh, here you go. Uh, so grain of salt, you know, if you believe the Hollywood reporter or not, but just, uh, and this is dated at, what is it? April 8th, 2015. So again, grain of salt, knock on wood. We don't know if it's, uh, if all of it is factual or not. Yeah, but I'd be happy to see another kind of furtherance of this kind of film. 
it's done in a similar style in terms of the, the racing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing of like, if the same team would come back uh, or if they, I mean, I they said it would be set in China. We don't know if it's the same characters or if it would be different people over there, like Chinese, uh, Chinese citizens instead of American citizens. Mm. Um, we don't know if it would be that. And um, uh, who's to say if they wouldn't bring in some more of the other games, like, because you know, there's many, many games in the series, some other games mechanics potentially mm. and make it a little more over the top. If you know where I'm going with this mm. <laughs> again, John wick one to John wick two. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, well, we'll see if what happens and if they do make another one, I'll add it to the randomizer. There you go. Yeah. It'll always go to the randomizer. But yeah, again, uh, before randomizer again, please go watch this film. I recommend it. Nice. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm yeah, I'm feeling it with this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, I guess, yeah, that brings us to, I, I won't say the main event for you. I'll say the, uh, the cherry on top. That's, that is exactly <laughs> it. The cherry on top for tonight for now. Um, yeah. So what did you do? M- modify super X. Um, I went to an arcade and I asked a nerd to program it into his phone. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was okay. So you went to whatever, excuse me. You went, you went to whatever, uh, what's that play you guys called the arcade that houses Wreck-It Ralph. And you asked Ralph to do you a solid. I was thinking of Wreck-It Ralph. Wow. And yeah. instead of, instead of wrecking it, he and Felix somehow were able to conjure up this. Yeah, the Wreckerizer. I don't know. <laughs> we'll come up with a name for it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the randomizer is going as we speak. And... Working, working. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep. Computer go boop. says pokemon now what is that does that mean the pokemon franchise like detective pikachu i don't we said live action right yeah i don't know i can't remember because this is for franchises and individual movies well i said live action adaptations we're not watching every single pokemon movie (laughs) no no definitely not like (laughs) but yeah we could we could just go detective pikachu like i will say this about those films when it comes to like their, their ovas if you want to call them that uh, they have some stellar animation. <laughs> yeah, when Now Playing did Pokemon, they did the first five animated movies, and they did Detective Pikachu. I mean, the only one I'd really want to watch is the one that has Deoxys and Rayquaza fighting, like, in a city. Oh, I don't know. Because that one was awesome. But... Oh, I don't know that one. No, it's just because it's got my two favorite Pokemon in it, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess next is Detective Pikachu, which... Yeah, that's that's exciting. I'm happy to revisit that. Probably try to have a guest on for that one potentially, since uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we know anyone who knows Pokemon stuff because I I know fuck all my my religious parents refused to let me play Pokemon because some old conservative fuck was like it means devil in your pocket. If kids play Pokemon, it means that they're opening their soul to demon possession. It's like Grandpa, like have you been taking your meds? <laughs> this video game opening oh my god <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna say like he's incorrect but it does it was like at least english wise translated to like pocket monster 
but of course then somebody like spun that and <laughs> added some you know of their own sauce to it and out came you know devil monster or whatever it was i just can't believe how how crazy some of those those old folks were with that stuff yeah i think i've mentioned it many times but i'll save my opinions for pokemon as a whole franchise uh, for that sure movie sure absolutely whether what whether that be a um what is it whether that be a commentary or a modified frame by scene by scene i don't know Mm. yeah i guess we'll i guess we'll discuss after we watch it because you haven't seen that one yet right never did and Mm. not out of like spite or anything like that certainly not but like i'm interested to go watch it now though and i was there in the theater so but yeah looking forward to that next and yeah happy to be finally finally some justification for having watched all these video game movies now we get to uh, cover them on the podcast and subject you to them <laughs> i mean we intend we we've completely well we completely intended <laughs> to do this yes not when i started that that retrospective of my own but of course i'm glad that now yeah finally you can share some of my pain but not for for this one so that that's something i but any last words or i had a need a speed for need (laughs) till next time Yeah, how do you want to do this one, by the way? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because the commentary might go a little bit, maybe don't, almost 1 a.m. by the time we're done. It certainly would be. A... Yes, maybe that. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah I, uh, yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, no, I see your point now. Um, if you wanted to go with that, I'd be willing to, I'd be up for it, but. I think we're going to have to, yeah, this is unfortunately one we're going to have to do a speakeasy on because I, yeah, I didn't, I don't know if we could do, yeah, there'd probably be a lot of pauses, even though I've, you know, finished yeah. it, so, um, I don't know if you have notes that we can at least guide through and, you know, talk through those, which probably makes sense. Mm, let's see how much, because, um, I don't know how much notes I made and I, I, uh, didn't rewatch it from when I watched it last. I've got some notes, but but yeah, not much, not too much. Well, we'll give it our best shot. I'll say that. I mean, we got to do all these for pit sakes. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a ton. Then we have the randomizer at the end for it. So <laughs> that's not always the. We shouldn't always present like, hey, the next one's the 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 key feature. I'm like, what the flip is that about? Hey, that's that's. I'm I'm always excited for the randomizer, especially when doing video game movies. I mean, we're gonna be. I'm always going to be looking forward to the next one. <laughs> I guess so. Fair enough. But even it's like, that's just like, let's make this one matter at least. Hey, I don't know if you've seen Godzilla versus Gigan, but I'm the, that I'm most excited to get to the randomizer for that one. I'm not. Uh... <laughs> Thanks for reminding me what I need to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've already pre-watched it and I was like, should I pre-watch it again? And I'm like, ah, I'll just wait for the commentary. So, so maybe that's spoilers for you, but anyway <laughs> couldn't even couldn't even tell you let's see where's um yeah hang on a second sorry yeah maybe i'll start playing this refresh my memory a little bit okay i'll do the same thing as well uh 
All right, let's begin.